0: Welcome to the Having a Nosy podcast. I'm Georgia Gadsby, the founder of Having a Nosy, and right now I'm about to have a phone call with the lovely Lauren Evie. Lauren Evie is a travel and lifestyle blogger sharing amazingly aesthetically pleasing content all about her life. She's also the owner of the Instagram account at Becoming Vegans, which documents her stunning vegan meals and sustainable lifestyle that only all of us could dream of. In this episode, we'll be chatting about veganism, living sustainably in easy ways, and changing the world one step at a time. We hope you enjoy it. So first and foremost, you're a travel and lifestyle blogger. What first made you want to start documenting these aspects of your life?
1: I started blogging about eight years ago and I wasn't really sure, like, I didn't really know what blogging was, like I didn't follow any other bloggers and I didn't follow any other niches or anything like that. So I I sort of just started my first blog on, like, a a Blogspot
0: domain. Yeah, so did I as well.
1: (laughs) Like, .blogspot.co.uk and just, um, like, ran with it and wrote whatever I wanted to write. And then when I got Twitter a couple of years later, I was like, oh, people are actually, like, doing this as a job. And people are sort of, like, trying to do specific niches and stuff like that. So then that's when I started altering my content a little bit more from, like, just, you know, like, photos of my Primark. yeah Primark calls yeah exactly like taken on my really old Samsung phone or whatever um, (laughs) and started sort of changing it around a little bit more um towards like a a bit more of a travel niche and a lifestyle niche um but yeah I think that, that what I've written about has sort of always been evolving over time because I'm just so indecisive I yeah. can never decide on like one niche to go for
0: well that's what I was gonna say as well your blog is super diverse so you have everything I mean you do sometimes include a little bit like fashion but mainly like travel and then I've seen you've done like theatre show reviews and like feminist conversation pieces
1: do you ever feel like there's
0: any sort of pressure to have a niche
1: yeah I mean I think I, I used to bother a with it a little bit more I used to kind of mm. get a little bit worried that you know there are people that have very specific um travel blogs and they're always like writing on the same topic and attracting the same audience and stuff yeah and I did sort of try to angle my content for a little while towards that and mm. then I just thought I the reason I started it was because I wanted to be writing about what what I wanted to be writing about yeah, so of rather than sort of worrying about oh, I need to make sure all my posts fit into a travel category or they all fit into a fashion or whatever. I, I've sort of just taken it now as a platform to to just sort of spill whatever's in my brain and, and get it all out there. I
0: suppose people follow and people engage because of who you are as well. So if you're, if you're writing only about fashion, for example, or only about travel, there's so much more to a person than just one thing. So yeah, it almost seems exactly. ridiculous that a niche for a blogger or an influencer exists
1: yeah no that's so true and and, I mean don't get me wrong I follow so many people who are like amazing at what they do and they're amazing at you know writing about just one specific topic Mm. whatever that is but I think I would just get I would feel like I was constraining myself a little bit just because I I think that it's the writing side of it that I love the most rather than just you know one specific topic so it's kind of um it's just a nice place for me to be able to dump everything and be like do you know what I've got 12 category pages
0: but <laughs> that's <laughs> it's fine, fine. <laughs> like, it's not in
1: my brain <laughs> it just
0: means there's more content to read
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly
0: so obviously you're clearly passionate about a massive range of things but something that really stands out is the way you live your sustainable life and veganism what yeah. made you want to start your separate instagram account for veganism becoming vegans
1: so I started the account I think I think it was about six months ago that I started it now Mm. I'd been considering sort of having it as like a a topic on my blog and then I just thought it's such a image heavy format that, that I would be like sharing that content and I wanted to just have have it on instagram and i wanted to be like sharing the new food that i was trying and was making and buying and everything on an on an instagram account
0: yeah
1: and then i sort i sort of thought to myself I, I think that a lot of people who follow me on my main instagram account might find it a bit annoying if i just start <laughs> suddenly like posting all of these pictures of vegan food yeah um, all the meat uses <laughs> yeah exactly so i was like i'll i'll keep it to its own thing for now and i'll yeah. just sort of not promote it to anyone that you know follows me on my main Instagram account I'll just see what happens with it Mm. um and then it it just sort of ended up really well I say really taking off it hasn't really (laughs) taken off but it's just um I think I enjoy posting on that one more than I actually enjoy posting on my normal Instagram now because it's just something that I care about a little bit more I suppose I suppose with, like,
0: when you're posting on your normal Instagram account, like, just a photo of food, at the end of the day, it's a photo of food. But when you have an account dedicated to it, it's more of, like, a, a, in part with a movement, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it feels like a lot more of a community as well because, obviously... I'm following completely different people on that account to who I'm following on my main account so mm. when I go onto my timeline on my main Instagram it's a lot of um people that I went to school with or like fashion bloggers that I yeah. think are really cool or that sort of thing mm. but then when I switch over to my Instagram account uh, sorry my vegan account it's all uh like recipes and people like sharing photos of cool vegan food they've eaten yeah. in like London or Paris or There's whatever and it kind switch. of just uh because I was getting a little bit bored of Instagram and it's kind of just refreshed the platform a little bit for me yeah
0: and I suppose you kind of come into contact with a Kind of a niche on Instagram that you didn't necessarily maybe know was there before, and you can go to it. I mean, me personally, I don't really follow that many like recipe accounts or anything like that. So to me, that sounds really exciting because all that's in my feed is just again, like you said, people I went to school with and all this kind of thing. So it's like completely discovering another side of Instagram, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like it was it was completely crazy when I first uh, like made the account and started because on my on my like main Instagram account. I just post a photo. I barely write a caption. I don't have yeah. hashtags or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so then when I started doing the vegan one, I was like, okay, I'll make a bit more of an effort with this and I'll, you know, I'll put all the hashtags on and I'll yeah. do a lengthy caption and stuff. And it's it's crazy to me how much more engagement you can get mm. just through doing that than than my other account was getting. Yeah. Uh, like I was making, I, I always joke to people that like my vegan account, i will literally get more likes on a picture of vegetables than like i get on a picture of myself on my regular
0: account (laughs) it's because i think there's almost like a stigma as well to write a lengthy long caption if you're not a fashion blogger with like fifty thousand followers and you're writing all these lengthy captions it's kind of the idea that people might be like oh who does she think she is kind of thing but if you're posting food who's who's gonna care because you're not technically a person you're just like loads of food items yeah
1: that's so true and i think that's what exactly how feel about it. I think I can allow myself to be a little bit more creative because I'm yeah. like, this is just a picture of like my dinner. It's not myself that I'm then like putting a thousand words under. Yeah, or something
0: exactly, like exactly. And speaking of the photos themselves as well, there are so many aesthetically pleasing <laughs> photos on that. I love it. It's like where I find my kind of food inspo. If all your food looks like that, because I don't know about you, I'm just wondering behind the scenes. But for me, I try and have like vegan day so I'm a vegetarian and I try and do vegan like twice a week sure. um if not a bit more if I can and s- my food just looks so ugly like it'll just be <laughs> like I'll put like rice and like beans and a bit of sauce and a bit of this and a bit of that and it just looks like a mess so <laughs> I was wondering do you sometimes struggle to make content look really nice
1: for your instagram that's so funny because for me i i think that i probably i mean it's it's always the case with instagram isn't it that you only post like the most beautiful things so yeah. i would say that i maybe i have like one meal out of four that turns out looking quite nice yeah. and i'm like oh, okay i'll put that one on a like on a white table and get yeah. some of it and it'll be good but then <laughs> some of them like that i i follow this instagram account called Ugly Vegan. I, d- I don't oh, know if you've you probably no, heard of I've not heard of them. her. No. Oh, okay. I mean, she's literally got, like, 40,000 followers or oh, something. Oh, wow. But,
0: okay, I'll definitely have to have a look.
1: Yeah, you should look. She, it's one of my favorite Instagram accounts because it's basically just, she gets submitted, like, really ugly vegan dishes from people <laughs> and posts them. And it's always, like, I don't know, a, like, a tower of waffles with, like, baked beans on it and then, like, <laughs> potato smileys or something like that on the top. And, <laughs> I feel like my food is always like 50% ugly vegan and then fifty percent stuff that I feel like I can post on my own yeah, on my own Instagram it, I account. Think
0: there's like this misconception as well that like vegans and vegetarians like always eat like really like plentiful food with loads of colour yeah. and stuff. But most of the time it's just pasta like and That's pizza so and things like that and <laughs> waffles with beans on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally my like when I first went vegan I was like oh my god I'm gonna lose so much weight, I'm gonna be really healthy, like I'm gonna be eating vegetables all the time yeah. but it just has not been the case I literally just eat so many carbs <laughs> like I, I love it I mean there's I read a quote the other day that was like always trust the junk food vegans because they're the ones who are doing it for the animals and I was yeah. like that is so me
0: <laughs> <laughs> I and can definitely happens. relate to that it's just like you're doing <laughs> yeah. it for the animals not for the health <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly exactly oh. but no I think um I mean I think a lot of these London restaurants and stuff uh, and stuff that are now uh, kind of Tailing, tailoring themselves a little bit for mm. a vegan market yeah a lot of them are just really beautiful and like instagrammable inside anyway because it's how they sell themselves mm. so if i'm eating out at, at one of like you know a, a nice london restaurant that has vegan options and that's quite often where i'll get my photos but i'm like yeah. this can make it onto the grid because they're always going to be like quite pretty anyway. Yeah,
0: definitely. Cause I think a lot of those places they tap into that vegan market because a lot of the times a lot of vegans will be like super into Instagram because that's where you find out about veganism a lot of the time. Yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah. it's and it's the age group that are predominantly becoming vegan at the moment are the age group who are on Instagram and are the ones who are like sharing their food pictures and stuff like that. So you can you can see why they're marketing themselves for that niche. Definitely it's a huge
0: trend but a really positive one at the same time. So it's like like i'm I'm completely happy with those people taking my money and tapping into this vegan market because it's all for the benefit of something bigger
1: yeah exactly it's really mm. cool when
0: you go out to eat do you find it easier now maybe compared to when you first became vegan to find options or do you still struggle a little bit
1: i think i think i do but i think it's more because I, i'm not as nervous anymore to mm. to ask so yeah. when i when i first went vegan i would sort of scan the menu and if I didn't see any vegan options I'd just be like oh okay I guess I'm going to have to eat cheese now or something like that or just like
0: chips like plain chips or something yeah
1: exactly whereas now I mean if I go to a restaurant it's quite rare that they wouldn't have a a vegan option because it is so easy now especially when you're in I mean I live in London so especially when you're in London I mean it's probably more difficult in in smaller towns and stuff like that that haven't picked up on the trend as much yet but Mm. um It's quite rare for me to go anywhere that doesn't have an option. But if I do find a place that doesn't, then I'm, I'll just ask, I'll just say like, can I have this pasta dish but without the cheese or the milk or whatever? Yeah. Can you add this in instead? And usually people are quite accommodating.
0: And I think as well, there's this huge misconception that it's really difficult to be a vegan and it's really kind of used to be really picky and everything. But at the end of the day, if you're just cutting out your meat and your dairy and your animal products, that's it. It, it is quite easy. And I suppose in a way that like restaurants are just tapping into it and I've seen like I don't know if you've seen but pizza express have got a whole new vegan menu now and Bella um, Italia yeah. did like loads and I know I think Bill's did like a vegan menu veganuary yeah Bill's yeah. had
1: such a good one it mm. was that was really good I mean there's so many that um that did veganuary like Frank Frankie and Benny's had a great um, yeah. veganuary menu mm. there were loads of just like and general, kind of independent places getting involved. It was really cool yeah, that so many people definitely. were doing that.
0: And I think it's so good because those kind of chains, as well, like Pizza Express, Frankie, and Benny, you'll see them everywhere. Like, no matter what kind of city you're living in, they're yeah, all over. Exactly. So, there's always an option to go for if you are vegan as well.
1: Even Greg's bringing out their vegan sausage oh, roll. Yes. I mean, like, the amount of. Twitter coverage and like press coverage that I saw for that and I was like it's literally just a, a meat free sausage roll yeah. but it, it's, just, it's just it, crazy it,
0: and it was so funny as well because I remember seeing it and I I'm living in Devon at the moment, so obviously it's like down here. It's no one's really like that into veganism. It's quite hard to find people that are very into like sustainability and all this kind of thing, um, compared to like London where everyone's a bit more aware of these social issues. And down here, and, and they came out with the vegan sausage roll in our local Greg's, and I was like, "Is anyone going to buy it?" Like I was a bit <laughs> intrigued, and then I went in to get one, and there was three people in front of me in the line, and every single one of them. Asked for a vegan sausage roll and i was just like yes come on
1: let's go <laughs> i love that the thing is that when it becomes like because the, with the vegan sausage roll it, it became a bit of a fad and everyone was like i have to try it because piers morgan's talking about it yeah. and because it's been on good morning britain all of this and then it becomes something that people just try for the fun of it. And then they're like, oh, this actually tastes
0: yeah, similar is. to a regular casserole. Yeah. And then just, they'll just good. That so as I'm going to get it option. next time. Yeah, so. exactly. And choose it as the better option. 100%. So, exactly. speaking of all these different restaurants we are talking about, where are your favourite places to eat vegan?
1: My favourite places. Oh, God. I feel like that's such a hard question because I just have so many. If I'm just kind of out and about, one of my go to's is prep. Because yes. Pratt have just so many like good vegan like easy lunch options, mm, um, a grab and go. That's some yeah. I know I can just go in there, grab a sandwich, and it and I'll be able to eat it, and I'll be fine. And you've got lots of options
0: as well. You've not just got the one vegan option in the corner yeah. that's nearly out they of date. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. They've got they've got so much stuff. I mean, they are a little bit expensive. I saw that mm. Pratt have just started doing like avocado toast, but it's like four pound fifty oh, for. <laughs> One slice of toast with avocado and it's like that is so not okay i mean there's there's so many uh independent places in London mm. which are kind of uh, either just coming onto my radar or, or just opening up that I really love. There's a place in London called ethos, which okay. is like one of my absolute favorite places and it's, it's vegetarian and vegan and um, but basically they they do a weigh your plate system, okay. so they have like a buffet of food. And you just get given an empty plate and you can fill it up with whatever. Uh, vegetarian or vegan food you want and that all of the food is like labelled up with the, with the V or the VE mm. um, and then when you've filled your plate you basically just like take it to a scale and weigh it and then you get charged for how much your plate weighs Oh my god,
0: so it's like a super healthy pick-a-mix <laughs> Yeah, exactly,
1: it's That's like amazing. pick-a-mix for your dinner but it's so good
0: Yeah, and I suppose like depending on your budget you get your starter, you get a little bit like you get a
1: little bit, yeah. this little bit of that It's really good and I really like it there. As well because it, because it's vegetarian and vegan mm. all of the wines and like beers and alcohol that they oh, do is vegan yeah. as well and that's something that I'm always really bad with because when mm. I if I'm ever out at a bar or something I will quite often forget to check whether the beer or the wine is vegan and I'm yeah,
0: like it's something you don't often think about straight away
1: yeah exactly so that's where I quite often falter so when I go to like a vegan restaurant or a vegetarian restaurant then I usually know that I don't have to worry about thinking Yeah, you
0: feel safe in the fact that it is all going to be that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: And I noticed recently, like, on um, the side of wine bottles now, they've got, like, big vegan labels, which I feel like they never really had that before. Maybe it was just that the wine that I was drinking was just not (laughs) vegan. But I just never really noticed it until recently, so I don't know whether that's something that they're really making known to you know sell more products to people that are in
1: this niche. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because it's when I first went vegan, it wasn't something that I really considered at all. Yeah. And then I started thinking about it. I think I, I was in a bar at some point and I was I was oh yeah, I was in a bar in, in Brighton and I'd just bought an ale and I was drinking it. And then I heard another girl come back to the table next to us. Mm. And she said to her friends, oh, I can't drink anything here because none of it's vegan. And I was like sitting there with a pint in my hand. like, Oh, God. <laughs> and it <he> was like, <laughs> like, oh, no. So then after that, I was like, oh, God, I need to actually start thinking about that. And then I yeah. looked into it a bit more. And a lot of them do say vegan on the side. But it's it's always so small that you don't really yeah and I suppose that
0: you don't really if you're working behind the bar you don't really get many people coming up to you like asking if this pint is vegan like it's a bit of a strange like thing to come across
1: I think that's maybe one which hasn't like that industry is maybe one which hasn't caught up as much yet with other you know food brands and stuff because it it isn't something that you really think about that your alcohol might have you know, use animal products in it. Or I think a lot of wine is is strained through animal products, which Ah, is what makes it unvegan. But Mm. it's just such a weird one to wrap your head around. Yeah,
0: because you don't think about, like, other than, like, milk and things like that, you don't really think about, like, the liquids that you drink that are, you know, derived from, like, grapes or whatever they come from. You don't think about that being associated with animals at all. You just kind of
1: assume. Yeah, it's really... I think that that's what makes a lot of people think that veganism is such a difficult um, choice to make because Mm. there are a lot of things that you do have to consider but it's sort of a case of just doing it one step at a time you don't have to suddenly wake up one day and be like I'm never having anything that has been near an animal or is from an animal at all but you sort of just have to do it one thing at a time and learn as you go and then it makes it a little bit easier.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I think, like, even the littlest things that we can do, like, even simple things, like when you go to a restaurant and they're like, do you want Parmesan on that? And you just say, no, thank you. (laughs) Just, like, the little things that you can do to, like, make a difference. And then it just kind of adds up as you go along cutting things out I mean that's what I've done personally just trying to cut out like swapping my milk around and like going for dairy free cheese and things like that and just you know making those small little changes and I think it's a lot easier than everyone thinks it is
1: yeah exactly and those small changes are, are the things that make such a difference anyway because like, it, I mean, it, it's it's better for everyone to be doing the tiny things than for just a few people to be doing everything. Yeah. And it's it's almost like, I think there was a an article that came out not that long ago that said that if everyone just did meat-free Mondays rather than the amount of people who are vegetarian now, being vegetarian mm. all the time, mm. it would actually save more animal lives. Yeah. And it's like... If everyone just cut out meat for one day, it would be making more of a difference than a few select people doing it all the time. It's just so strange to to think about. Yeah,
0: it's so weird to wrap your head around, I think, that that kind of concept... But then I think it is difficult because people are so ingrained in the way they eat. Like before I was a vegetarian, I used to have eat meat for every single meal. Like, and it's horrendous to think back on it now, and like how much that actually hurt the environment around me. But I think yeah. it's just about spreading the word really, isn't it? And if people come across your Instagram and see like how nice everything looks and, you know, how easy it can be, then hopefully that will encourage people to think about it as well.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And I'm really happy that that's kind of the response that it's getting, because when when I first made the account, I was sort of just doing it for myself so that I could – it's called called Becoming Vegans because I started it when I was becoming a vegan, vegan, so I was still kind of like half vegetarian, half vegan when I was making it. And I was like, if I make this account, it might force me to eat more vegan stuff because I'll be documenting it and I can sort of share the journey. And and now I'm obviously fully vegan, but it's so nice that it's, I've had a few people message me since I started it just saying like, oh, I've started eating vegetarian more. Like I've been to this place that you recommended and stuff like that. And, mm. and it's just really nice to know that like, that community of people who are sharing their content online is is actually making quite a positive difference.
0: Definitely, and I think the stuff that you post as well, it's not necessarily all, like, really intense dishes. Sometimes you'll just post, like, um, the packaging, like, of a product and say that, oh, you found this in... um I think I saw one that you did, and it was like the all-day vegan breakfast sandwich or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like such simple stuff that you can get. I'm not sure where, was it from Boots?
1: I think so it was Boots, that one, yeah. Yeah,
0: and like just somewhere like that is accessible to everyone. There's a Boots on every corner, it seems. <laughs> exactly. And it's not like difficult to run in there and grab the sandwich and give it a go. So I think that's the good thing about your platform as well, is that it's really accessible to everyone.
1: Yeah that's true that's another thing that I kind of wanted to do when I was making it was just I mean I know I said earlier I block out all of the like ugly vegan food that I make <laughs> but I do try and use it to share kind of both extremes of what I have whether that's just something that I've picked up from Sainsbury's on my way home or whether it's a slightly nicer like restaurant in the city that I've been to because it's always good to like for people to know that there are both extremities if you're being vegan you're, yeah. you don't you don't have to just eat like cabbage all the time <laughs> but you also don't have to be like indulging and spending loads of money all the time
0: definitely and that's another thing as well I mean I've seen on your platform that you find loads of like hidden gems and they're not expensive either a lot of the stuff is very reasonably priced and I think a lot of people think that veganism is expensive and if you plan it and you do it right it's not
1: yeah no, right, that's so true I mean I I found that especially when I because I was vegetarian Mm. and before I went vegan and I found that you've probably found this as well when like when you do a food shop when you've gone vegetarian and you're not having to spend money on meat anymore it's like you suddenly have so much more room to play with of like oh I can get more I don't know like chocolate or crisps or vegetables or whatever rather than spending like yeah rather than spending like four pounds on a packet of mints or whatever yeah
0: you get more for your money and I think you it gives you the opportunity to buy things like spices and different sauces and try out vegetables that you might have not had like I I rarely ate things like you know courgette or anything like that when I used to eat meat I used to have like chicken and like broccoli and that would be it I didn't really try any more not really exotic but different sort of vegetables so it gives you the freedom to have a play around with the food that you eat
1: yeah I think it's definitely made me experiment more as well like I was exactly the same as you I would literally have like chicken pasta every night (laughs) or maybe I'd have like some green beans in it sometimes but I very rarely ate anything that wasn't beige pretty much yeah no I (laughs) get that (laughs) it, it sort of forces you to try more stuff especially if you're in a restaurant that only has one vegan option and that vegan option is like baked aubergine or something, yeah. I guess I'm having aubergine tonight like, Yeah,
0: you got no choice <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly, it forces you out of your comfort zone a little bit, which is quite quite cool
0: Yeah, definitely, I mean I've tried some things that I never would have tried like a vegetable wellington bake that I had the other day and I never would have chosen that <laughs> if that wasn't one of the only like two vegetarian things on the menu and things yeah. like sweet potato, gratin and all these random things but I never would have tried. So yeah, it, exactly. it does open your eyes to the possibilities of the kind of meals that you could
1: be eating. Yeah, definitely. And it, and I find that it's always like it's never a, a bad surprise. Like whenever yeah. you order something, you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. It, when it comes, it's always oh, okay. I actually like this food. Now I can order that next time, or I can yeah, buy that in my food shop definitely. or
0: whatever. I feel like it's almost more flavorful, is what I get. Because some a lot of the time vegetarian dishes are so many vegetables packed into one thing and it's yeah. just it tastes so much more exciting than just like a bit of chicken yeah
1: exactly no I, I definitely have found that since i've started eating more vegetables and stuff like that it sounds really stupid but i feel like i almost like taste it more because no, you're not I just
0: completely understand that yeah
1: it's it's definitely i definitely prefer it like i i think i am much more interested in food than i used to be and in different food groups and kind of knowing what you're putting in your body and that sort of thing definitely it's just it's so much more interesting to me now
0: Mm. and i i think you know what i've spoken to so many people that are vegan and vegetarian and all of them have said the exact same thing that you just you take more interest in what you're putting into your body but also just like enjoying it as well you're it's almost like you're enjoying food more than when you just cook like I said a bit of chicken or you chuck mince in with some sauce it doesn't it's not cooking as such whereas when you're thinking about the different vegetables you're putting on and how you're gonna put them together and what spices taste best with them it's it's just gives you a bit more fun I think in the kitchen
1: yeah no that I've definitely found that I mean I I rarely used to cook <laughs> yeah no, I mean, even, I. even when I was vegetarian I didn't really love cooking that mm. much and when I ate meat I was like I just never wanted to be in the kitchen at all yeah um, But I think now, yeah, it's it's exactly like you say. It just gives you a little bit more excitement on it. And I've actually, like... I mean I, I don't think I've ever owned a cookbook in my life and then when I went vegan I was like oh I need to buy loads of cookbooks now yeah. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to cook properly I'm going to learn like which spices go together and it's kind of it's just like a fun creative uh, project I suppose.
0: And speaking of projects as well, aside from being vegan you're really into sustainable living. <laughs> I was wondering what sort of things you do on a daily basis that contributes to you living sustainably
1: I guess it's it's sustainability is one that I've only just started trying to think about yeah. a little bit more I think when I but well, I mean it's getting so much um kind of news coverage and press attention at the moment anyway with all of the stuff that came out about global warming almost being irreversible yeah, and, and all of that side of things. So yeah scary I
0: think it
1: is yes it's really scary and I think it's it's been on my mind a little bit more because of that um and obviously with like the whole vegan lifestyle I've I've been it's been on my radar for a a little while anyway so I've been trying to work out ways that I can sort of make a difference that are going to be minimal effort within my current routines
0: yeah
1: a lot of what I'm trying to do at the moment is just reducing how much single-use plastic I'm using Mm. uh, which is surprisingly not that difficult because a lot of the products that I'm buying being vegan and being from quite sustainable uh, companies mm, a lot of them have already taken a step for me in, in cutting out the plastic a lot of the stuff that I'm buying in that sense doesn't have the plastic in it but there's there's so much to think about in that sort of thing I mean I, I you can walk into a shop and ev- anything that you want to buy is going to be wrapped in plastic yeah it's, and such
0: it's, it's
1: pretty shame. scary yeah it,
0: it is so scary I mean I did my food shop this morning and I went to, like, the vegetable aisle and instinctively went to grab a plastic... one of those little thin plastic bags to put my vegetables in. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm getting onions and bananas first of all so they have skins on them they don't even need like a bag to protect them because you just take the skin off anyway i was just thinking you wash them to begin with so what really is the what's the harm in just putting them in your basket they shouldn't be accessible but i think tesco i think it's tesco that's trying to cut them out completely and doing um no plastic bags at the
1: moment yeah I did see that actually they're doing yeah um like naked veg or something like yes. that I think they're, they're calling it but um if I mean I I definitely agree with you I, like I do that all the time I'll go into a shop and you just instinctively do it because mm. it's something that's that's been ingrained done. into us yeah. that it's just normal to you know like wrap everything in cling film as much as you can mm. double bag things buy a reusable shopping bag and then never reuse it yeah. like we've got to unlearn habits that we've spend like 20 odd years learning so it's it's all oh, I say 20 odd years as if there aren't people that are like older than
0: me <laughs> in the world. we are the be all and end all <laughs> I think that speaking of age is probably a lot easier for us and that's why we're jumping on the bandwagon so quickly and easily as well I think for older generations it's a lot harder for them because like you say it's been over 20 years
1: yeah no it's so true and I think I mean I, I discuss this with my parents quite a lot I think it's for us, we're so exposed to everything on social media. Yeah. I mean, like, my parents read the news and they watch the news on TV, but n- neither of my parents are on Twitter and they both have they, they have Instagram accounts, but they don't really use their yeah. Instagram <laughs> accounts. And it's it's almost a case of, for us, we're just like, overexposed to every article that gets written about climate change Mm -hmm. and every single new restaurant that opens that has a new sustainability policy Mm -hmm. and every celebrity who's just turned vegan and it's almost like we take in that news so much more that it's on the forefront of our minds more than it is for those older generations
0: it's a really good thing as well because brands are really tapping into that and they're using that really beneficially and I mean for example I don't know if you've seen but Garnier has just done like a what's it called it's a botanical Line and it's all vegan, all clean, and all the packaging is recyclable. Oh wow, that's cool! Yeah, so it's really exciting, and they're all in boots and everything. And although they're trying to make us spend our money, and it, at the end of it all, it's all into capitalism, isn't it? But I don't. I'm willing to push that aside for <laughs> the sustainability aspects of it because I think if more brands and you know supermarkets and places like that that we use every day tap into this, they're not only going to be helping the planet, but they're going to to be making more sales at the end of the
1: day yeah exactly and I think that that's the key is that we shouldn't be having to give up the things that we love like if you I mean if you're a makeup fanatic you shouldn't have to give up you know like buying makeup products just because you're worried that they're tested on animals or things Mm. like that you should the brands should be making the changes for us and stopping, cha- uh, stopping testing on animals or stopping using so much plastic in their packaging. And it's all—I mean, we we can continue to live like easy lives the way that we do if. If brands just cooperate in the way that you you've mentioned,
0: yeah, definitely. And I've I've seen it so much more. And at the moment with work, I'm working with a sustainable brand, and I'm working with the founder, and she's been saying to me how important it is for her. And I think if more founders, more independent beauty brands, or independent, even independent people that maybe sell like fruit on a market stall or things like that, don't offer, do as little as don't offer a plastic bag, or offer a paper bag, or just give over the food or independent beauty brands coming up and saying sustainability is a core value of our brand even little things like that I think it makes the world of a difference because people will choose to shop in those places because they are more open-minded to that sort of thing and as plastic becomes more of a negative word with negative connotations my hope is that hopefully in the next few years people that use plastic will be like Why are you using that? Don't use that. It'll get a stigma behind it.
1: Yeah, I think that that's exactly what needs to happen. And you can almost see it happening already in, Mm. in, like, these small online communities. I I mean, I don't know whether that's just on my timeline with my, like, vegan Instagram account. I see it quite a lot, but... I think even across the blogger niches that I follow on Twitter and stuff, like you can see people starting to talk about it more and people writing blog posts about sustainable fashion choices and cruelty-free beauty and stuff like that. And it's, Like, I mean, five years ago, six years ago, I I would never see anything like that on my timelines or even consider it as something Mm. that I needed to think about. And I think a lot of fashion bloggers
0: specifically that I follow, that I've seen, have even done like whole videos on things like cleaning out my closet to be more sustainable and how to be a fashion blogger when you don't want to commit to fast fashion and all this kind of thing. And I think people are becoming more aware. And again, people are understanding even these fashion bloggers are understanding that this new generation coming up doesn't want to see a load of fashion hauls because it's just contributing to the downfall of our environment
1: yeah that's so true and i think things are changing because people are i suppose not not embarrassed of those habits but just Mm -hmm. realizing that they need to adapt them because i mean you're exactly right this kind of trend that has been that has taken a hold of youtube for the last few years or whatever where people have been doing a massive top shop haul and yeah. then like two weeks later you'll just see all of the clothes that they had on there for sale on their depop account yeah or you're just like you're just buying clothes and showing it for the sake of video views and not really you're not nice accounting the for the fact that mm-hmm. all of that stuff has had to be delivered to you and it's all been packaged up in plastic and you're going to have to pack it up, up in plastic again to resell it and It's just I think people are definitely realising now that they need to sort of change their ways in order to keep younger audiences engaged.
0: A hundred percent. And it's it's beneficial to everyone at the end of the day. I mean, as we said earlier, it's not that brands are changing because of the environment. Brands will change because the consumer changes.
1: Yeah, no, Um, that's so true in
0: terms of you and what you would recommend for a sustainable lifestyle or living a little bit more sustainably what's one thing that you would say to start off with what's your kind of starting point would you say
1: it's quite a difficult one because there are so many different things that you can suggest Mm. that would make a difference um I, I don't think I would say to people like you need to go vegan or you're not sustainable or Mm. you need to cut out all your plastic or you're not sustainable or something like that because as I say it's a case of everyone sort of making tiny changes
0: and adapting as they can like
1: yeah exactly like people are capable of doing it and it's it's so easy to do if you kind of put your mind to one thing and you think this is what I do in my day-to-day life this is one change that I can make that would be beneficial for the environment or for my local town or something like that so I'm going to do that change and see how it goes and it can be something as tiny as having one meal two days a week where you don't have meat or Mm. encouraging someone in your family to do meat-free Mondays with you and anything like that it's just a case of seeing what is reasonable for you and then sticking to it and sharing the fact that you're doing it trying to get other people to do it with you it's just like these tiny little changes will help you to create a new lifestyle which is sustainable without you really realising that you're doing it.
0: And it's not like it has to be a chore either. I feel like sometimes when you're consciously looking out for plastic and you have to make changes in terms of maybe a budget, so if you're, you've got a choice between a recyclable option and a not recyclable option and the non-recyclable option is less expensive. You've got that to kind of contend with. But if you think about it in a positive light about making these changes, as you said, meat-free Mondays, you could say to your family, oh, I really want to kind of help the environment. Let's all do meat-free Mondays together. And you could go out and do a food shop with your family and decide what you want to eat and then all cook together. And it can be something really fun. It doesn't have to be a chore.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and you're completely right in saying that it can seem like it's too expensive to buy the product that's slightly better for the environment Mm. or that it's just not something that you're able to do I mean if you know if you're like a 16 year old 17 year old and your parents are doing the food shop and you don't feel like you can ask them to maybe cut out some of the meat and do a vegetarian meal or something Mm. like that it, it can be difficult but that's why it's important for everyone to think about what's sort of within their range of things that they can do and then just try their best to make that change even if it's just once a month or If, like you say, you turn it into a social activity with your friends or with your family where you're like, let's all cook together tonight and let's make our own pizzas. But let's, you know, like not put any meat on them and let's use a dairy free cheese as the Mm. base or something like that. It's just tiny little changes which are all going to pile up.
0: And if everyone does them, it it can make the biggest impact,
1: especially
0: as no one was doing it before. The reason that the plan is in the state it's in is because no one was doing this before yeah
1: exactly and, and people are starting to talk about it now which is amazing but mm-hmm. if everyone sort of comes together and is like these are the products we're demanding these are the changes that we want then the bigger industries and the higher powers you can actually create those products and make those changes for us we'll see the demand and we'll start doing it too and then that's how change happens
0: This is really why I wanted to speak to you because I think it's so important to start a conversation about sustainability and veganism in a way that's accessible to everyone and talking about things like money and talking about how easy it can be to make small changes and just starting the conversation. I think everything we've spoken about will hopefully be beneficial to the listeners. Yeah,
1: definitely. I hope
0: so. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a fabulous evening. Yeah, you too. Thank you
1: for having me. This was very fun.
0: No worries it's been great to talk to you really really insightful yeah
1: oh thank you so much
0: good luck with everything bye-bye thank you bye. bye